Hey, welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. We are with you live today with Megan Duroxian. Today, we are talking about the season of money, season of wealth. And I think now more than ever, I, I believe, and, and Megan might have a different opinion about this, but I believe now more than ever, it makes sense to get to a point where there's power and freedom around cash. Like the necessity of fuck you money is increasingly becoming more apparent to me. And I am happy that I'm there. My job is to get you there. So with me today is one of my favorite people in the world. She's a serial entrepreneur dash boss lady dash ninja dash extraordinaire and shaking her head because she came up with the title and doesn't want the title. Um, <laughs> and she is really good at what she does. Like, how do you make money doing whatever the hell you want? I think you've done something when it came to fashion. You were also working in the food industry as an entrepreneur for a little while. You were... And now working with uh, one of your idols, like a, a literal like celebrity or successful person that we don't have the ability to talk about right now, um, your life is ridiculous. So <laughs> the, 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 the question becomes like, how? How does someone follow in your footsteps? Like, what was your story? What does that look like? Um, I think I'm really good at making money in a way that is uh, fulfilling whatever interest I have. I think there's not a lot of people who are like only interested in one thing. And so what I really do is I take all the things that I really love to do. And then it's like, how can I monetize this in a way where I'm also being of service to others? That's always how I look at everything. Mm. So it's, it can't just be like about me and the making of money of it, it's gotta be like in service of others. That makes a lot of sense. And from other people that I've talked to that are doing much better than me, um, the, the lesson always seems to be, how do I provide the maximum amount of value? And, and even yesterday, what came up was, hey, there's a, there's a very big difference between passion and purpose. Passion is you're doing what works for you, what lights you up. Purpose is you're doing what lights you up, but it's in service of other people. Yes. And yeah. it sounds like that might be in alignment with what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I just started or, or didn't say started, just launched <laughs> um, a new business on Tuesday. And I, that's literally what it is. Um, I'm just going to give myself like a little plug here. It's called props. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you think about that word, like when I thought about this word props, um, we give people props, we celebrate them, um, the ability to support somebody to prop them up. And then I also happen to be a real estate broker. So it falls into this field of properties. Um, mm. so it was just this word that I really felt like described what I was doing. Um, because it's not just like I'm a director of operations or I'm an admin or I'm doing marketing for somebody, um, or managing transactions or a listing agent or a buyer's agent, like all of those things can be in service of somebody else. And like, what does that really look like to give somebody like concierge level um, support all the time? Like if you had uh, somebody in your phone that you could call and you could ask them for 
advice on your marketing, advice on your financials, um, how to like, you know, get through an argument with your significant other, like literally anything, where's the best place to like get window tint or <laughs> to buy a sofa or whatever it is. Like, do you have that person in your phone? Mm. That sounds very useful and very premium. And I also like the degree with which you casually mentioned that you just happened to start a new business, like it's no big deal. So I, I, wanna, I wanna understand, how do you get to that place? Because I think for a lot of a lot of people, the, the prospect of starting up a new business, one of it itself is terrifying. And then you get to the stage of, well, now I have this business and it started up and like, what do I, what do I even do with this? Like, I thought that I could just be good as an artisan. I thought I could be good as a service provider and people would come pouring in through the gates. And for most people and including me, that was definitely not the experience. Like, how do you, how did you begin to navigate that? So I think um, having a very clear vision of what you want to do, what you want to offer. Um, and then for me, it's always this, there's like a transition period where um, if I have a job per se, and like before I came, became an entrepreneur and worked for other people, I'd be working eight hours at this job, like traditional nine to five, 40 hours a week. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, I don't really want to be doing this. I want to be doing this other thing. So then it was like, okay, can I put in 40 hours a week at this other thing, right? Um, and so I would, there would be a period of time where I didn't have a lot of free time. I would really be pouring into all of this other thing that I wanted to do. this like dream job or this new business or whatever it is um, where I'm not watching Netflix and I'm probably not going out to dinner with friends. I'm really, really highly focused on getting this thing in the way that I want it to be and really setting it up for success so that when I do launch the period of time where I need the nine to five job is really, really short mm. because this new one is going to start to take over real quick. And that I will say that was when I first started my very first business, that was the model that I used because if, if this nine to five, this eight hours a day is paying my bills, how am I going to get something else? to consume that same amount of time and money in order to like really transfer over. Let me, let me see if I totally got that. I, th I think what I'm hearing is that when you began to make the transition, you were like, okay, got to replace this nine to five. It's 40 hours a week. I'm going to replace that with another job. And I'm going to assume that it's 40 hours a week. So you were working 80 hour weeks until you launched your business. Yeah. Plus or minus. Right. Wow. So you start, it's like you start doing this transition over where then there becomes a moment where, um, and this was how it was for me in real estate, the perfect example. So I would wake up in the morning and I could say, well, I could focus on the job that had been earning me money, or I could focus on this other thing called real estate, which one is going to earn me money. And in that moment, it's the old job. Right. And at some point there's a transition where you take, you take a leap, you take a risk and you go, no, I, I actually have confidence enough in this other thing, or I know that this business is happening over here, that I'm going to take that leap over there and know that that's going to happen for me. But it, it's, you got to have a balance all the way until that point. Mm. I think that we just touched on a really important point and I, I'm also appreciating all the insight that you're providing so far. This is great. 
Um, and uh, since we're live on Facebook, if y'all have any questions so far that pop up in your minds, um, definitely let us know. Um, put them down in the chat below and we'll do our best to answer them as they come up. But I think naturally for me, and because this is such an important thing, the question arises, well, how do I get to that point of confidence and belief? How do I begin to build that up? Because in my experience now, that is becoming even more and more critical. I think there, and you and I have both done a significant amount of personal development. I mean, in that word, that phrase is just funny, but like, are we really looking at, um, what is there for you stopping you doing whatever you're doing? Um, and I think even for me in the moment that I took the leap to like really only be entrepreneur, um, and not really work for another person or like some type of corporate job. Um, there was this like trust in myself of like, I really am going to give it all I got. I remember right before I made the leap into like full-time real estate, I gave myself a deadline and I said, okay. Um, I think it was June. And I said, okay, by October, like I'm this, this is going to be it. And if it's not it, I'm going to sell my car. I'm going to sell everything that I have and I'm just going to make it happen. Just burn the fleets. Like I'm literally going to sell everything I own. I'll sell my watch and my shoes, like just everything I own in order to make it happen. Now I didn't have to do those things. Right. But it was that like amount of commitment that I had to it. Mm. There's, there's like an Eric Thomas quote that is really coming up right now and hearing your description of like the level of belief in the idea level of commitment and it's like when you want to succeed as bad as what you want to breathe that is when you'll become successful yeah it's there's and you know i think what i see a lot of is i will see people who are comfortable where they're at and things are taken care of basic needs are met uh, maybe even a little bit beyond basic needs and they don't ever have the breakthrough and part of me feels like there's something that happens to us humans when like you need to do something to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not that like I say, go starve yourself or like go live on the street or like, don't do any of those things, <laughs> but put yourself in a situation where it's like do or die. Like I have to make this thing successful and I'm not going to fall back on what I can fall back on. Hmm. And, and in your example, it was like, hey, if I don't make it by this deadline, I'm selling off all of my stuff. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll just like move in with family. I won't live on my own anymore. I'll sell my car. Like, I'll sell my nice watch. Like, that was a gift. You know, just like I will literally get get rid of everything in order to make this thing happen. Hmm. I think like adding a little bit of pain to it, some consequence. I I I want to piggyback on this one so much because it's so important. I think I, I would agree. Like when we have our basic needs met, at least in my experience, when I have my basic needs met, I don't have a lot of motivation to do other things. I'm not going to starve if I don't like work now. Like so, what what is my motivation to do stuff? I'm comfortable. You know, I've got a good living situation. I got cable and internet. So how do I motivate myself to do things when it's not an emergency? Because if it's not an emergency, I'm going to delay. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. I'll do like one sentence on my mission statement or whatever, and then I'll kick the can until next week because it's not an emergency. Um, and similar to you, I had to create stakes for myself 
mine was, hey, you get to spend $200 this month and that's it. On gas, whatever it is that you're doing, if it's not just like basic utilities, that's all you get. And that was the worst. I didn't have social media. That also sucked really bad. It's like, I need to get successful or this pattern continues. So it became a bigger priority. Um, and I, I think that from that, it became very obvious to me like, hey, your pain is fuel right now. If you're having a hard time, you use that towards something. You channel it towards something and then you build something out of it. Or you can suffer. Like It's really a choice, but there is always the option of this is your motivation. You stop this pain. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're like a single guy at home, like go adopt a dog, go get into a relationship and, you know, maybe get married, like go, I don't know, buy a house or something. Like I am constantly, and I know I do it to myself. When I hit a level of like, um, just kind of cruising, I will go do something like that is going to cost me to maintain because then that means that I'm going to just like level it up in my career, like level it up in my finances. I don't want to say like live beyond your means because that's not what it is. It's just a little push that I give myself. So does that mean changing companies? Sometimes that's what it means, changing companies and getting out of my comfort zone. Um, that's a hundred percent. I mean, well, not a hundred percent, but why I adopted my first dog was like, okay, now I have this other thing to take care of. Mm. Right which means I've got to make sure the dog eats and make, you know, like I'm, I, I got to be like on an actual schedule, um, you know, go have a baby. You'll easily be motivated to feed your baby. And <laughs> no, 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 don't take that. If I, no, no, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but I, I get you. I like, so we, in, in the process of building out our lives, in the process of designing our lives, we create situations where, there is motivation inherently built in. Hey, now I have a dog that's dependent on me. There's an animal that cannot take care of itself unless I am successful. I'm going to earn a little bit more. I want to take care of it. Um, and an example that's come up for me, something that I've wanted to do for a long time is meditation. Only I can't, I don't, I don't have the motivation to keep myself up at like six in the morning to do it. So I built a program out of it. People signed up for it. Now I'm accountable to them. If I don't show up at 6 a.m., I lose face. I make myself look bad. I don't deliver on the product that I promised. And now I'm up every single morning before sunrise meditating for half an hour. Um, it's just adding stakes to whatever you're up to. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's it. Like you've got to put yourself in some type of accountability, um, a little bit of a, like a survival, like in order to keep yourself going. Um, humans very much want to be comfortable all the time. And I starting a new business, going from like a nine to five, 40 hours a week into something that you really want to do is highly, highly rewarding. However, before it's rewarding, there's this period of I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what stops people is I, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills and I don't know about the time. And like, I, then I'm only dependent on myself. Like there's a lot of those fears that come up, but like pushing past that is what's going to lead to the reward. Hmm. I think this is, this is going to be really important to discuss because I believe that a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck here and then they fail uh, along with the other 98% of entrepreneurs that fail in the first couple of years because of this very steep learning curve. Um, 
and I don't know if you agreed with, with this, if you would agree with this, uh, I assume that you do. Uh, I believe that a big chunk of overcoming that hurdle is looking at what limiting beliefs I can let go of or what beliefs I need to adopt in order to be suddenly comfortable with this discomfort. Uh, what is your thought about that? I think that's right on point. Like there's, you have to be like filling your mind with good things because the, you know, like if you say you can or you can't, you're right. It's true. So when I'm thinking about like, okay, I want to start this new business. I know what it looks like. I really work on the vision of what it looks like. And then I really have to drill into myself that, that that's what it's going to be like, and I'm going to be great at it. And this is what's needed and people want my service. And, you know, this is, I don't know, at least the 10th business that I've started. Um, and even before I've still, I mean, I knew I was launching Tuesday and like Monday night, I was still like, Ooh, like, am I really doing this? Yep. I'm going to like click send. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> um, you know, have the conversations that you need to have and do the things that you need to do. And it's just been greatly rewarding. It's just that like hump of getting over it. And I had to like drill into myself, like everybody's going to love this. You're going to be successful. Um, you don't need to worry about it. And just really pound into my head that like, this was the right move for me. And that's it. You just got to like really be positive with yourself because we have a lot of, a lot of, a lot <laughs> of negative self-talk all the time. And we have a lot of negative conversations around money. Um, and most of those conversations really do come from like the way we were raised. Um, like we don't talk about money. Like a lot of, a yeah. lot of cultures, like we just don't talk about money. We don't talk about money at the dinner table. Um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Like there's all these phrases that are really negative around money. Um, but really drilling into yourself that like money is this energy resource that allows you to have this freedom to do what you want. That's how I view money. Some, I know some people too who have this like money turns you into a horrible human. My friend yep. was great and then he became successful and made all this money and now he's a jerk. Like you have this story around money that if I get money, I'm going to turn into a jerk too. But it which, which, <laughs> yeah. And I, th I think that's corroborated by like, just like, how did we grow up? Scrooge McDuck is a horrible person, right? Yeah. Like, it's and the Christmas story, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Again, like rich people are usually the villains in, in movies as well. And well, there's a level of like, you should be ashamed. If yeah, you have... I mean, we have it when we grow up. And then if we even like look at the world right now, we have all of these like, you know, lottery winners gone bad. And like, we're looking at there, there's a huge conversation about this disparity in wealth right now. Um, about these billionaires who have so much money, and they just like, don't give a crap about anybody else. Um, and so there's this, like we do have this, just like this negative thoughts around money and it, it's not everybody's like that. And it doesn't have to be that way. You really do get to create it however you want. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, so much of this is limiting beliefs about money. Do I deserve it? 
can I ask for it and still be a good person? Yeah. And I also want to jump in because we just got a question. And the question is in the chat over here. When you refined your vision for your business, you mentioned monetization in the service of others. What did you gravitate towards that helped develop that scope? Does that question make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So I, what I'm getting from that question is when you want to be in service of others, that can really mean a lot of things. And how do you like focus it into one area? Is that what I'm getting from that? <laughs> I think so. It, it sounds like getting really specific on what you want to do. Yeah. So um, I think it's about really knowing yourself. What are the things you like to do and what are the things you don't like to do? Um, and we all have them in a job, right? Um, and being like with my clients, I'm very vocal about those things. Here's the things that I do and here's the things that I don't do. And being willing to not say yes to everybody. Cause here's the thing, and I've certainly experienced this. You start a new business and then you get a client and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited that I finally have a client and my business is taking off and this is gonna be great. And this client, like you have to think about it, whatever your term is. So like, say it's like 90 days, you are married to this person for 90 days. Do you really wanna be married to them for 90 days? Or are they gonna be lifelong clients that you don't really want to have as lifelong clients? It's totally fine to say no to somebody. There's a lot of power in being able to say, hey, you and I are not the right fit for whatever this is. And, but you have to be really clear on what your vision is for that. And so um, in creating this one, especially when it becomes to like supporting others and all that, there are things that I know that I just like don't, I'm not going to be doing. Um, you know, one of those things for me was like setting hours. Mm -hmm. These are the hours that I'm available. Yep. Right. Cause I've certainly been in positions where there's just like, no hours and you can hit me up at 10 45 at night and there's this expectation that i'm going to do whatever needs to be done yeah like what boundaries I yeah i, have a client. I don't need boundaries yeah 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 no boundaries <laughs> um but that didn't work for me and so when creating this new thing it was like no what do i want my hours to look like what am i comfortable with what works for my life yeah i i want to i want to hit pause here and just see that if, if i'm getting the full picture here i'm hearing that there are a couple of things at play one is like what is the degree of self-love and self-understanding. Do I care enough about myself to put in boundaries? Have I done enough work in order to be like assertive enough to do that? Like, hey, do I respect me? The other piece is, am I, do I deeply understand myself enough that I'm doing something that really lights me up? Or am I just doing like another thing? Because that energy begins to affect what I'm up to, the quality of my work, my motivation. And then the final component is, look at your clients. Do you resonate with them? Is this someone that you want to spend the next three months, six months, nine months of your life with? And if the answer is no, maybe take a step back and look for another client because there's power available if you say no there. Yes, you want to qualify. Um, qualify your clients. And that's the thing. It's like when we go, even if you want to just move jobs, like say you don't even want to be an entrepreneur and you just want to move careers. Um, when you go and interview for whatever that new job is, like, yes, you're being interviewed, but you should also be interviewing. Hmm. Yep. And that I, it's something that I think people miss and then they end up in another, but another job that they really don't like, or that wasn't the right fit for them. 
So I, you know, as I'm being interviewed by my clients for my service, I'm also interviewing them at the same time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, want to, I want to contribute to this. This is such a good conversation. And then there'll be a question that comes up later. Um, but one of the things I saw around qualification, and if you're unfamiliar with the term qualification is you begin looking to see if this person's a good fit for you. You looked to see if this job is really the right job for you. I began to see that when, once I started getting a ton of leads for my business, I wasn't doing qualification before. Cause it was like, I'll just work with anyone. I want to help everyone. And then I got so burned out from processing all those leads that it was like, oh my God, like qualification is self-care. How much do I love myself? Like how much do I want to protect myself from this sense of rejection and talking to people who are just kicking tires? It's so important. And then there's that other piece of like, as in dating, as in like sales, as in getting your next job, as in your business, beginning to look to see, do I have that vibe? Do I have that resonance with this person is everything. And if you are not actively looking to see if this person is a fit for you, uh, and, and in my experience that, uh, if I'm not actively looking to see if this person's a fit for me and I'm coming from a very weird people pleasy kind of place, I want to make sure I fit their definition of what they need. I'm not looking to serve myself at all. And that level of self-sacrifice is what gets us into trouble, is what gets us, at least for me, got me into positions where I was very unhappy, even if I was successful. Um, so I really appreciate that you brought that up. I think that's everything. I think it's, um, I mean, I'm going to shift it a little bit back to our topic of money. Sure. I think it even comes to, um, and this happens certainly in real estate, where um, somebody wants us to discount our fees right? So I come up with my whole business plan. Here's what my fees are. And then somebody's like, this is great. You're vibing with the person. The client seems like a right fit. And then they want you to discount your fees. Right. And I think there is something to be said about holding fast to that. There's some confidence that comes with that. There's, you know, oh, I, you know, I have somebody else who will do it for me for less. And it's like, and I have clients who will pay me more. Like there's this, you really do have to stand firm um, because you're confident and you know what you're offering. You know the level of service that you're providing. Yeah. Because the other thing that'll happen is you'll take this client and then it you could very easily slip into, I'm not as committed to this client because I know I'm like my fees discounted, right? Or then it just becomes like this habit of like, okay, I'm just gonna take less and less and less. And then you're in this space where you're not getting paid enough for what you're doing. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm really left with a sense that like, Hey, it's really the less you operate out of a space of scarcity and fear of what might happen and more out of the possibility of what might come around the corner, the better you tend to do. Yeah. Brilliant. It is. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break here. Cause we've got a couple of questions lined up and, uh, this one's from Mike. This is a super powerful perspective that money shouldn't define who you become, even as people will judge regardless. It's really heartbreaking if it's coming from your own family. Do you have an experience to share from in breaking the mold? Um, yeah, I think there's this. Um, one of the things that I, I struggle with with my family, with my friends, is um, there's this perspective, and I'm sure Rob can attest to this, <laughs> that I'm always busy. Yes. And, right. And <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm trying to shift how that perspective is, because while I am highly productive, I, 
the schedule, I had to have like a very controlled intentional schedule so that I'm not busy. I am, it, if there needs to be some time spent somewhere, I'm going to make the time for it. I just have to know about it. There was this, I'm working on this balance right now where um, having a schedule gives you freedom. And I think in, when you're in this like position of working on your own business or becoming an entrepreneur, um, that's something that you're going to have to deal with because they, it can be, I'm giving a thousand percent to this new business until it gets to this level. Um, and we do have to remember to take time for ourselves. We do have to remember to take time for our friends and our family. Um, and the way that we have freedom around that is actually having a schedule instead of just, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. and I'm going to go to bed at 11 p.m. And in between those hours, I'm a thousand percent working on my business. Yeah. Yeah, creating the boundaries that were like, hey, this is where business happens. There's no bleed over. I'm still taking care of my rest and my health and my food. Uh, all of that is like super critical. D did that play into the process of breaking out of the mold of money is bad? <laughs> um, I think there's that. I think it's also remembering... Um, so I think it's also remembering the perspective of the other person. So I certainly have had people who are close to me who didn't really pay attention to any of the work that I was doing. They weren't really around for that. And then all of a sudden just saw me successful. Right. And then there was this conversation of like, well, it just got handed to you. You didn't do anything for it. Mm. Just like super triggering. Right. Mm. Yeah like no I did this and this and this and this and you don't know anything <laughs> but it's like this moment where I had to take a pause and really look at what is this person struggling with well they're probably struggling with what I was struggling with before I started my own business which was I'm unhappy with my finances or I'm unhappy with whatever job I have right now and I'm not seeing a way out and so it just is these moments where you can come from compassion instead of being defensive because money is this thing that like, unfortunately we actually do need, <laughs> right? And you'll notice this perspective of people who don't have a lot of money um, kind of have some negative thoughts about money. And then people who do have money, they kind of don't care about money. And it's mm -hmm. this weird paradox where they're like, well, you don't care about money because you have money. But like the second that you're able to shift into that mindset of money is not something that like I need and I have to have or any of that, but it is just this energy resource that allows me to do the things that I want to do. And you come from that positive space, the money starts to increase. Yeah. I want to I want to add to that too as someone who has like a lot of money but also was also like not like still from like a scarcity thing like I don't have enough up until very very recently it was like I need to make more I need to make up for this um when I when I went back and looked through my finances I, I was I'm up like ten thousand dollars a day since the beginning of the year but it, despite all that my focus is on where money is missing and that became a problem and 
it doesn't matter past a certain point past survival like if you're making enough to meet your your bills and feed yourself um money will make a difference in how you're able to view abundance because certainly you're not you're not in fight or flight anymore when you cross over that threshold but past that it is a hundred percent your relationship with money as megan was saying and if that is not straight then you will suffer the entire way through it doesn't matter how much money you yeah make. i mean i think even i'll touch a little bit on our like text conversation right you were talking about this money that you had from the beginning of the year and i was talking about like oh my gosh i'm so excited i picked up new clients and you were like well i'd rather have clients and i'm like well i'd rather have the money because where we're at yeah. in our spaces right now is like i just started a new business and i know that like i'm really going to be focused on those finances for it and you on the other hand you're just chilling with some money and you're like no i could like use some clients right now <laughs> So again, this like relationship that we have with money is always going to be fluid. It's always going to be impacted by what you have going on. Um, and it's these moments where you, where it comes up that maybe it's negative to really check at why it's negative And what's the other thing that you can address in order to stop having that negative thought about money. Mm. You know, there's yeah. certainly been times where I'm feeling stressed about finances and I'm like, well, why am I stressed about finances right now? Oh, maybe because I haven't had a day off in 60 days. Right. Mm. And I'm just <laughs> in this like a thousand percent focused on all the pennies or whatever. Um, or maybe it's because my vision of what I'm doing right now is cloudy. I'm not really focused and I'm just kind of going through the motions. Wasn't really about the money. There was some other aspect that I needed to address. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, money is like, in my experience, money is always a proxy for, oh, can I be happy? Can I be feeling successful, confident in myself? When the reality is it's one of many ways there. And if I'm not taking care of myself in other areas, it rapidly becomes the source of like desperation. And I need to fix this. So super critical that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, we had another question and then I think we'll, we'll need to transition to just closing things out. But this question was stemming off of the first one around developing scope and qualification. Uh, and the question is, does it differ when you're offering services where optimally you spend less than three days? I mean, I think the goal for everybody would be to work less and still get paid, right? Like, <laughs> work minimally. Um, I think it's about focus and intentionality. So you certainly could become very, very successful um, only doing three days of work. However, in those three days of work, are you a thousand percent focused on that work? Right? Um, so it, it's about being present, being intentional in the time you have in that thing. Um, so when I give the example of like, I was working 40 hours a week and then I come home and like, you know, put another 40 hours a week to transfer into my business. Um, I was highly intentional with that time to make it, to not only make it the most productive, but to also reap the most rewards of that time. Mm. So yeah. It's that thing too, where like, okay, I'm going to start a new business and I've got to work and maybe I can only spend one hour a night working on this because I have other things that I'm doing in that hour. Are you really maximizing that hour? 
or are you distracted? Um, are you not really like focused on what you're supposed to be doing? Are you scrolling social media? Do you have the TV on in the background? Like it, you really can um, be highly, highly productive in a short amount of time. It's just about being focused. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I, I'm seeing that there's some additional clarification here around that question is focused on regarding having clients and vetting them and developing them. Um, I guess the question is, do you still do that when you have a client whose uh, work scope is like three days? My, my services are tailored to what the client needs as well as, and that, I mean, and then there's of course a ripple effect, right? Like my pricing is also gonna be tailored towards that. Somebody who has me five days a week is gonna be paying more than somebody who has me three days a week. Um, the important thing with that, I think, is expectations of the client. Mm -hmm. Very clear boundaries. Somebody who has me five days a week, who's paying a premium, is going to get a certain level of services. And somebody who has me three days a week is going to get a different level of services. And would you approach that similarly or differently if you were, say, like back running your fashion business and selling garments to like a particular vendor or? Yes. It, it, so say I have a product to sell, right? The um, whoever's purchasing that product from me, if they're purchasing everything and they're always purchasing um, you know, every three months they're putting in an order, whatever that looks like, they're going to have a level of expectation from me and I'm going to have a level of expectation from them. And there's going to be this communication on what our relationship looks like versus somebody who comes in and purchases once a year. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the person who purchases once a year is getting poor service or less of a service, but your relationships are different. And, and how would you, does it feel like you're still doing the same level of like vetting, like the way that you approach that is similar or like, what, what would the difference be? You're definitely vetting them um, and digging in to ask as many questions as possible. Um, so that I guess, so you can build out those expectations, right? So um, for my coaching clients, are they somebody who's going to want access to me every single day because they want that high level of coaching? Are they going to want once a week? Um, are they somebody who's like, hey, I really want your coaching. I can only afford a month of coaching. And at the end of the month, let's look at it because I might want to do another month. Mm. Now I know that like come the end, it's not just like, okay, it's a month and that's all that they wanted because they had this particular thing that they needed to get through. Um, it's something long-term. The other thing too is they might tell you whatever their goal is and they say, okay, so I want to build a new business and that's what we're going to coach on. Okay, cool. Well, that's not going to happen in a week, right? And they go, okay, I'm going to pay for a week of your coaching. Well, now we have this expectation of I'm going to have a brand new business in a week. Like I, I'm not going to commit to that. And I have to make sure that that expectation is correct. So there's a lot of 
vetting. It's a great question to ask your clients, what are your expectations of this? What do you hope to get out of this? Yeah, I, I think like a lot of times for me, initially sales was misconstrued as like, oh, well, I'll just handle objections and strong arm someone into this with some psychology. Yeah, <laughs> when, when the reality of sales is someone comes to me, they're interested in their perception of what I do, and then I get really specific on the way they're thinking about this. What is it that you're actually looking for? What is it that you actually need? What is it that I actually provide? And if there's an overlap, we'll work. And if not, then I'm going to send you to someone else or I'm going to give you a book or something. Um, so I like that this came up. And uh, Liz, I'm, I'm reading your comment here about how do you define who needs your services? And a lot of times I think I'm just going to, I'm going to say my answer. And if this makes sense for you, if this matches you, let, definitely jump in. Um, I think that it's a matter of you put out what it is that you're doing a bunch so people know, and then those people will find you. Like, and if you are not out there, if you're not in front, like in a one-to-many situation, then you're never really going to know what lands for people. It, it's so much like stabs in the dark and being willing to fail, but your visibility is super important here. So you could take a stab in the dark and just guess who your niche is if you don't have customers, but what really works is go to the platform where you have a bunch of people that are listening to you, talk about what it is that you want to do. People will come to you. And if they don't come to you, there will almost always be someone that has some feedback around, Hey, this is what I would want. Does it fit with what you offer? And then you can begin to refine what you offer from there. What are your thoughts on that? So I like that. And I like to reverse engineer it. Mm. So, I like to look at what I would like to offer in a very specific way. Um, and I'll use real estate as example. You could become a real estate agent and you could sell properties, but what type of properties do you want to sell? Do you want to sell properties that are on the sand with clients that are very comfortable doing real estate transactions that, you know, that you don't have to really hold their hand for. Um, and maybe you really love clients that love to serve or whatever it is Like you can get really, really focused, or you could be selling, you know, um, mobile homes out in Barstow. That's another way you could be a real estate agent. So which one do you want to be? And that's where I think when I get really, really clear on what I want my service to be and who I want my clients to be like who my perfect client is, then when I go out to market myself, and put myself in the one-to-many situation, I'm really specific with what I'm asking for. So then those people hear something that's like, oh, I am in alignment with that. And this is a person I should speak with. Yeah. I think I'm getting like a lot of extra questions here and they're all around the technical aspects of business. I think your answer is perfect. And it ultimately, all of this will come back to your sense of self. Do you believe in you enough? And where are you holding yourself back? The technical stuff, anyone can pick up and understand and know market saturation, marketing, how do I do my messaging? This is all basics, but the vibe that goes into all of that is the most important piece. You could have a perfect map of how to build a business from ground zero to $10 million a year. And if you don't have your mindset, it's all going to fail. Um, so that's critical 
begin to look at where am I holding myself back rather than how do I problem solve and fix everything with the perfect technical solution? Because that will only carry you so far. And even if you do find a technical solution, you will be like the pale imitation of someone else's business. It's not authentic to you, so it's not going to work. Same as dating, right? Like you would never, never, never be able to find success doing someone else's pickup artist thing because it's not you. You could never emulate Channing Tatum because it's not you. You could bleach your hair, get a six pack abs, and you're still going to be a subpar version of that person. So don't get lost in the trap of the technical. Really begin to look what's authentic for me, what fits for me, what do I want? And as Megan was saying, you can always backwards engineer from there. But first, you need to understand you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that there's the things that we forget is, um, especially when being an entrepreneur, most of the time you are the face of whatever your business is. You are the product. Um, and so really getting happy, getting centered, um, people are attracted to that. I have people who are, have like hit me up who are like, hey, I don't I don't really need your services, but like, I love what you're doing. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's great yeah. to hear that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because who I'm being out there in the world is something that they like to see, yeah. you know? They're like, I want to hang out with you. I don't, I don't need your services, but I want to hang out with you. Cool. Yeah. And, and one big thing that I'm discovering this year to corroborate that is that your clients will often be people that have known you for a long time that understand you, that get a sense of you. That trust is necessary. And it's, very, it's uncommon to be able to just close a deal the first time that you meet someone, especially if you're working in a high profit margin industry. So those connections are valuable. Your vibe is most of the game here. And I think there was some statistic that was saying that like happy salespeople make 30% more sales. Like mm -hmm. this is all attraction. All of this is attraction. So begin looking inward. And I think it begins to get clearer from there. Um, but we are running a little bit short on time here. So I want to leave space here for you. Uh, is there any last piece of advice that you want to give to people uh, that you think would be useful in this space? Something that made a difference for you? Um, I think focus on getting happy. That's why like be, do, have is what we talk about. Who am I being? And then take actions in alignment with that. And then you will have the things that you would like to have. Um, so, you know, for me, I know the biggest shift in my life happened when I stopped worrying about the logistics, the how I was trying to like, I'm very analytical, trying to figure it all out. Um, and when I focused on just getting happy and being in a great space and then took actions from that space, everything lined up mm. and I had all the things that I was looking to get. So that's Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's the perfect note to end on. Um, and if people are interested in you and your vibe and who you are as a human, how would you prefer that they reach out to you? If, if you prefer they reach out to you? Uh, Instagram. At Megalux Inc. Underscore Inc. Okay. And I will add that to the comments after this stream. Um, thank you. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? I said DM me. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, be sure to DM Megan if you like her vibe, if you like her as a human and you want to connect. Uh, and thank you for listening. If you're tuned in right now, uh, we appreciate you being here. 
And of course, thank you, Megan, for giving us an hour of your time to share, like, break down, like, how do you make money doing everything? How did you come to be a successful human being? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, everybody. Loved it. Yeah, me too. That was a lot of fun. I need to go take a nap. That was a lot of energy all at once. I'm going to go ahead and stop the feed now. Thank you for being here. We'll catch you next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, I did it. All right. Bye, everyone.